0: with millions and millions of things to believe in, we still believe he is the God of miracles, amen? Amen. That is an amazing thing in the time in which we live because Colossians tells us, see to it, that no one takes you captive through vain and hollow philosophies that depend on human regulations. And here we are in the time in which we live singing, I believe in miracles, amen? Well, let's give it up for our band today hallelujah it is amazing i want to thank pastor mark for this opportunity to come and share with you you can be seated today i'm so blessed today to be a part of pastor mark's life he came along when i was having some some real issues and he's spoken to my life and now i'm coming to help speaking to his life amen i mean, just know that you don't get rid of a Rolls royce because it's got a couple of dents in the door Amen? <laughs> that would be kind of crazy. Well, listen, I'm I'm blessed today to uh, have with me my, my wife with me today, Jeanette, and and um, of I don't know how many years, like 40-something years, like I've been married forever. And it's amazing, and, and the reason I've been married forever is because I don't pray for her, I pray for me. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And <laughs> I have with me my daughter, Danielle, in the front row, and my daughter's summer back there, and, and we have about five grandbabies running around here today, and so I am, I am just blessed today to have my family with me, and we're going to be traveling to Houston to see my mother, 92 years old, uh, amen. Mama still loves God, the devil still goes around her block, he don't, <laughs> amen. And I'm excited today to, to, to be a part of this church and, and speaking into your lives today. I, I, I want to do a song real quick so that you will uh, kind of, I'll give you a sermon title if we can. Uh, how many of us remember this song right here? So, y'all remember when Nick used to come around and dance all over the stage and say he couldn't get any satisfaction? And he said, I tried and I tried and I tried. Amen. I appreciate that. I just wanted to get that so I can intro into my sermon title today. My assignment this morning is I can't get no satisfaction. And we're living in a world today where we are just not satisfied in many things. I mean, when I, when I woke up this morning, I, I went to bed last night thinking that my sermon was all put together, and so what I do when I have to speak is I put a pen and a piece of paper on the nightstand, and when I popped my eyes open this morning, I thought many of us were probably nervous this morning because of the time change, and so when I woke up this morning, I hear God saying to me that we are in a season of reconnecting to the things of God. And until we come back to the heart of God, we are not going to be satisfied. Can I get an amen right there? I remember years ago when my Danielle, who is sitting on the front row, she's already gone on to graduate from college at OU now, and she teaches school and all that kind of stuff. But I remember when she was about three years old, I was walking out, I was in the garage minding my own business, trying to stay away from the Christians, because they were all lit up and illuminated and full of life. And I wanted to get away from them and I know her mother sent her out into the garage to ask me this question. It was cold winter day and I was out in the garage and she tugged on my coat and looked up at me and she said, Daddy, are you going to heaven or to the hot place? (laughs) How many of us know that that's a question that needs some, some attention, amen? And so not long after that I turned gave my life to Jesus Christ. And it's been a journey since then. But I am still more satisfied now than I've ever been. Amen? And so we are a nation that is that is divided. We're not satisfied with the results of the election. We're not satisfied with Obamacare. And we're not satisfied with this, that, and the other. We're just not satisfied. But I came to tell you today that in one verse, John 10 and 10, over 2,000 years ago, Jesus came to repeal and replace devil care. Can I get an amen? (laughs) He said in John 10 and 10, the thief comes but to kill, steal, and destroy, and to make you unsatisfied, come on somebody, to make you unhappy, but he's saying, Listen, I'm going to a cruel cross and I'm going to hang on that cross. I'm going to die on the cross, come down and go into the pit of hell. And when I come back, I came that you may have life and have it to the full. Amen. And that is called repeal and replace. Amen? Amen. And so we in the, in the body of Christ, we don't have to worry about what people are unsatisfied with on the outside of the kingdom of God. How many of us remember the prodigal son who told his father, He said, Listen, I'm not satisfied with you in this house anymore. So I want you to divide up my stuff and give it to me, and I'm out of here. And he left, and he squandered out a whole inheritance, and he became unsatisfied. And he said these words. He said, how many men are in my father's house and living a good life? He said, I am not satisfied living in the pig pen. I will return and go back to my father's house. Amen? Amen. Away from the Father, we are never going to be satisfied. And so Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me and I in you, you can bear much fruit. I'm telling you, we got to stay on the vine. Because God has called us to be fruitful and not fruity. (laughs) Amen? Amen? And so away from the vine, we're pretty fruity. I don't care what the world say, they are fruity, they just don't know it, amen? And so as I take you over into uh, to the book of, of uh, Ecclesiastes, I want you to wait for me there in Ecclesiastes chapter 1. We'll start at verse 2. But I want to tell you what is happening here. Uh, here's what Solomon said to God. He said, give thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people and to know good and evil. And so God said to him, since you have asked for this and, and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies. How many of y'all have taken that out of your prayer? But for the discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. And the Hebrew Bible also states that the whole world sought audience with Solomon to hear the wisdom God had put in his heart. And so Solomon is doing just fine, and then he loses sight of God. The Bible said that the women of his day turned his heart from God. How many of us know that sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you way more than you want to pay? Just ask Samson about that, amen? And so now Solomon is out doing his own thing, and that's what happens in the body of Christ sometimes. God to begin to bless a man of God. God to begin to do miracles through him. And all of us are her. And all of a sudden, we take our eyes off of God and forget about how we got to where we are. Amen? I know how I got to where I am today. And I'm afraid to walk away from God and to do my own thing. And when I'm out of the will of God, I become very uneasy and very unsatisfied. And this is why I try to stay anchored down in the will and in the promises of God. Amen? It doesn't matter if you got a Rolls Royce or a house on a hill. It doesn't matter what you have. Outside of God, it is not going to work. My mother, I don't know how Mama, was so satisfied back in the day with a 1953 Plymouth. And she would stuff all of us in that little car, and, and we would head off to the cotton field. I'm so happy that God had brought me from the cotton field to standing right here today that I don't know what to do. And Mama was so excited about that car if it would start. Mama gave that car a name. Mama's Plymouth was named Shinita. a Starter, she need tires. She need, come on, somebody. But if Mama could get Shinita started, Mama was happy, amen? And so I learned to have patience With my mother, my mother would just anchor down in God, and she would stay satisfied. And if you were walking around in the house and you looked like you were not saved, they would yank you down on the altar. they would say, you don't look saved. Get on the altar. And, boy, it wouldn't take me long to look saved in my house because I got tired of them breathing in my face. Amen? Now, let's go. It says Solomon tried to find satisfaction in many things. In Ecclesiastes, he began to talk about the meaning of life. How many of you know your life is precious? And there is meaning in your life. And it says in Ecclesiastes 1 and 2, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless, everything is what? Everything is now meaningless. And he sought many things. First thing that he consumed him was wisdom. In Ecclesiastes 1:12 and 14, he says, I, the teacher, was the king of Israel in Jerusalem. I applied my mind to study and to explore by wisdom all that is done under heaven, what a heavy burden has, that God has laid on mankind. And so he ran off to study wisdom. He had a desire to be smarter and brighter than anybody else on planet Earth. The Bible says that men and women would come from afar just to be in the presence of the man to see what God had done in his life. And so I want you to know this, that on most gravestones, there's a dash in between your date of birth and the time that you die, and it will tell your story. Can I get an amen? You see, whatever is on that dash and what you've done between your the day you were born and the day you die, for instance, 1976 slash 2017, That dot is going to tell us what your life has been like. That dot is going to tell us what you've been running after. If you've been chasing after money, your family is going to know that. If you've been brutal to your family, that dot is going to speak. That dash is going to tell us what you've been chasing after. I can look at your bank book and your credit card and tell you what you really like. Got quiet right there, but I'm talking to more than two of you. Amen. What are you chasing after today? because Solomon is gonna draw us a picture. He said, I applied my mind to study and to explore by wisdom all that is done under the heaven. And he wanted to be smarter than everyone else. And he, he wrote the book of Proverbs, which records his wise sayings. And he also wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, which graphically records the failures in his life. We have Ecclesiastes because Solomon went on a 40 year journey to see what life was all about. I pray to God that you don't have to go that long to realize that things don't really matter in this life. That the only thing that's going to matter is that one day when you walk into heaven and God look at you and say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. That is what's going to be important. Because I don't care how much money you have, it's not going to get you into heaven. I don't care how beautiful you think you are, it's not going to get you into heaven. Because one day you're going to go look in the mirror and go, Jesus, what happened? (laughs) Amen? Amen. Why? Because the Bible said the outward woman is wasting away. But inwardly we are being renewed day by day. See, that's why we can say greater is he that's in me than anything else that's going on around me. And so you got to understand, uh, women, that it is not about your hips and your lips. Come on, somebody. Because when you think you're all that, somebody else got the hips, the lip, and the dip. It is not about that. It's about that inward person. And let me say to you, Mr. Such-and-Much, it is not about your ill-skins and your gaiters and your Escalades sitting on 22s. It is about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Can somebody say amen? amen? And in verse 14, it says, I have seen all the things that are done under the sun, all of them are what? And chasing after what? And chasing after the wind. And, and therefore, this man found no satisfaction in wisdom or knowledge. He dug in deep to find and to explore wisdom, but he came up empty saying that something is missing. You see, without God, I'm going to tell you, if we live in a, in a society where God has been pushed out of everything. Where everything without God in it looks good. Push him out of school. Push him out of our our, uh, capital buildings. Push him out. Push him out. But I got news for you. America right now is not satisfied, and I don't care who disagree with me. We are not satisfied right now. Now, I know that some of us will say, well, brother, speak for yourself. Listen, I've been studying and looking around the world. That is what I've been doing. We are not satisfied. Even in the church, where sometimes we're not satisfied. There are some of you that will walk out of here today and go, well, he just didn't touch me. I didn't get fed today. Well, honey, you need to get a bigger spoon. <laughs> Why, we just not satisfied in life. Well, I didn't like that sermon. Well, we'll get to the next time. Get a bigger spoon, Amen. When you have 10 sisters and four brothers, you didn't care what was on the table and you heard the dinner bell the first time, <laughs> amen? amen? Mama didn't have to call us no 50 times to come and eat. And we didn't care what was on the table. It didn't matter anyway, you were gonna get what was there. And if you said, I want second happens, which some of us Christians need to say, Ooh, I could sure use a second heaven to that. I think I'll go back to the second service. That was good girl. Why don't we start saying something like that? So we can get you satisfied around here. Somebody say, I can't get no satisfaction. And so there are are many people that spend all their time climbing the corporate ladder of of success to find only loneliness when they get to the top. They'll just climb to the top and they're by themselves. Some of the, the most loneliest and pathetic and ridiculous people on planet Earth are the richest people. Go and study the life of uh, Howard Hughes and see how he died. The man had more money than anybody, and, and he died a ridiculous, lonely life, and he had more money than, than, than you can think of. What did he need? He needed, I believe, a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what we have to have. That's how I function every day. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that we, we don't read more about David, who would say to God, David was a man who would sin, but he would quickly come back to God. And he would say things like this, Lord, whatever you do, don't take your presence away from me. Moses said to God, he said, listen, I want to see your face. And God said, no, I will hide you in the cleft of the rock, and then I will my glory will pass by. You see, in the presence of God, we're pretty good. But out of the presence of God we scream, we yell, we're sick, we're pathetic. But if you'll come back to the presence of God, we cannot sing that song, I believe in miracles, and you're sitting here going on the outside and you're unsatisfied. How can we sing the song I believe in miracles? And you go out sick, you leave the church sick, you leave the church all messed up in our minds and our hearts and our thoughts. Can I get some help in here? You're not satisfied. How do you leave the church not satisfied? There was a man by the name of McCready who studied, who was an actor. He was in England. He was, very, he was very good at what he did. He was an actor. And he would pack out stadiums. And a preacher said to him one day, Mr. McCready, how is it that you have all these crowds and your life is a life of fiction? And here I am preaching the unchangeable word of God, and I don't get the crowds that you get. And Mr. McCrady said, Preacher, I can answer that. It's easy. He said, I present friction as though it was real, and you preachers present what's real as though it was friction, a fiction. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I am not preaching some imaginary, false, phony God today. You need God, I need God, America needs God, and until we come back to Him, we're just gonna be in a big mess. And so we're all unsatisfied. Short men wish they were tall. Tall men curse their heights. Fat men wish they were skinny, and thin men wish they could gain weight, and bald men wish they had hair, and thousands of men with hair shaved their heads. Women who are blonde dyed their hair dark. Dark-haired ladies want to be blonde, and so they bleach their hair, and women with short hair by extensions. <laughs> and so we can't get no what? I saw a poor horse leaning up against a stall the other day with no hair and hoping that some of you women would get satisfied. <laughs> Hallelujah. I can't get. We're just not satisfied. I'm telling you right now, ever since God kicked us out of the garden, there has been a longing to go back to the garden. That's why we're not satisfied. And we're never going to be satisfied until we go back to the garden. That's where we were the most satisfied until some snake crawls up and makes the woman unsatisfied with the rules of the garden. She said, I'm not satisfied. I think I'll take some of the fruit. And give it to my husband. When I get to heaven, I'm looking for that dude. And say, do you know how sick we were down there and how miserable we were and how unsatisfied we were? All you have to do is not eat that fruit and we'd have been just fine. But somebody got unsatisfied and that's why we're going through what we're going through today. Amen? And so here's Solomon with all this stuff going on. And then... We just can't get any, any satisfaction because we've been kicked out of the presence of God. But the is put it this way, in his presence is the fullness of joy. My God, you just put on a little praise and worship around your house and put on a little praise tape when you're not feeling good. It's time for us Christians to get satisfied. We can't be running around talking about how powerful God is and we're the most miserable people on planet Earth. If God can't give you no joy in your life and can't get you satisfied, don't lay hands on me. I'll say it again. If God can't make you happy and get you satisfied, don't lay hands on me. Don't come in the corner and pray for me if you can't get satisfied. Will somebody please help me right there? I don't want your spirit of unsatisfaction on me. I'm trying to help somebody. You have jobs to do. We have things to do. I know we're gonna go through some things, but how many of us know that we can't be miserable the whole year? I'm talking to somebody. It's time for us to get satisfied in the body of Christ. And then David said it this way, when he was running away from his son, Abashalom, who was trying to take the kingdom from him, David was out somewhere hiding in a cage, and realized that he was away from the presence of God. And here's what he said. He said, my soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. And he said, better is one day in your courts than a thousand anywhere else. Why? he was crying out for the presence of God. That's where we are at our best in the presence of God. Out of the presence of God, we are horrible. Can somebody say amen? And then the next thing he began to search out was money and materials. And I want y'all to stay with me on this one because this man overtook great projects. 13 years to build one house. He bought servants and built parks and acquired everything he could get his hands on, more money than Bill Gates and Oprah Winfrey and Michael Jordan probably could imagine. In Ecclesiastes 2 and 10, he said, I denied myself nothing, my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. That sounds like many in America. Just throwing away money and wasting money and looking for pleasure and they cannot find it in their money. They cannot find it in their homes. Have you ever seen some of these rich people? The cars that they have and the houses that they have. I mean, you know that a six-foot grave by so many inches, you can't put that stuff in there. It ain't going with you. I don't care what you say, it will not go with down in that little hole with you. Because when you stand before God, he's not going to say, Woo, I'm so happy you had so much stuff. He's not going to say that. He's going to be looking for that man and that woman, that boy and that girl, while he can look at her and say, Job well done, my good and faithful servant. And so as I try to come right down through here, he says, My heart took delight in all my work, and this was a reward for all my labor. Verse 11 sums it up. He said, yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was what? And a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun through all of his efforts to go on this journey. And what I like about Solomon is he has already set the stage for us. If we will go read about his life, we don't have to go around acting like we fell off a turnip truck. Because he's already shown us that it doesn't matter how much you have and don't have. If you do not have God in your life, it is meaningless and chasing in the wind. I know we got to have houses. I know we got to have cars and money. But if that is your deal and that's all you chase after, you need to have a closer look at your life. Now, don't get quiet on me when I'm preaching good. Amen? And so uh, I want to go to this next stretch and this next search. It was the lust of the flesh. The Bible simply says that Solomon loved all the women, together with the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Edomites, the Zidonians, and the Hittites. Solomon had to have every woman that he saw. Can somebody get say amen right there? It's in your Bible. Every woman that he would put lay his eyes on, Solomon had the wine and the women, the lust of the eye. He had 700 wives and 300 concubines. 700 wives and 300 girlfriends. Now let me tell you something. When you can conquer one woman, write a book and I'll buy it. One. I don't know what it is, but I go home sometimes and my wife will say something like this. Are we cold? No, I'm not. Are we hot? No, I am not hot. And y'all, why do y'all come up with this stuff? We pregnant. I ain't pregnant. <laughs> we pregnant. No, I'm not. Now, I know I'd made some people mad. I am them in my notes, I keep going. Listen. He had seven, somebody say 700. 700 wives and 300 girlfriends. A different woman every day for two and a half years. Every day, a different woman. If it, that's what it adds up to, you do the math. That is just, that's gross. <laughs> that's ridiculous. And I know I got to hurry, that's crazy. I mean, that, it, it doesn't work. And when I think about this guy right here, I was like, Will Chamberlain was right behind him. And they say, Will Chamberlain had a heart attack. I was going, really? Okay. <laughs> so guess what he said about the wine? And all the different women. They were said, meaningless. In chapter 12, Solomon repeats the word meaningless 37 times. 37 times, more times than in the whole in the Old Testament. And we look at King Solomon and we say, how depressing! I would never do that. I would never forsake God like this and chase after all these things, but yet we do it day after day and we do not realize it. That we're chasing after things opposed to God. How is your prayer life? How is your time with God? God wants us to have things. You have, we have to have things. Somebody say, I can't. Get no satisfaction. And so we're going to come to Ecclesiastes 12 and 13, and we're going to come to the conclusion of the matter. We're going to talk about what Solomon, out, out of everything that he'd done after 40 years of chasing women and men and horses and gold and all the things that Solomon were not to do, Solomon did. He was not to collect more gold than he needed. He was not to collect more horses than he needed. It was in the law. A king was not to do that. He collected 666 talents of gold. That was way too much for a small little Israel at that time. And so he's totally out of the will of God. And so now he's not satisfied. And so if you are out of the will of God and you're supposed to be doing something, you are going to be unsatisfied. There are some of you right now, if if you're out of the will of God right now, you are not satisfied. You need to stay on that job until God literally does that to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There are times when I'm one of these people that have to stay down in the saddle until I hear God move. I just don't rip and run and go all over the place unless I've heard the voice of God, or at least the Spirit of God. Why? Because I don't want to go around in life unsatisfied. Can somebody say amen? amen? And so what is happening now, here's what the king says. He says, now all has been heard, and here's the conclusion of the matter. In Ecclesiastes 12 and 13, he said, here is what I came up with, with all that I had and all the money, the gold, the silver, all of the things that I could command people to do. Here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Now, now that sounds simple, doesn't it? Just to keep his commandments, fear God, and that's all we have to do. That's the whole duty of man is to do those things. It did not say get a house on a hill with a barking dog in the backyard with roving valleys and trees and get a Rolls Royce and three helicopters and be on your way. No, it says, here's what we do. We fear God and keep his commandments. But this is the whole duty of man. And so the king opens up his life to us so we don't have to go down this road. No, and he just opened up his life to the guys. He said, listen, dude, find one woman you can love for a lifetime. You don't even need the, the other 999. Just find one you can love in a lifetime. I've been married to my wife forever and a day. She is an amazing woman, but she has is, is definitely got some issues, amen? And I know she would say the same about me. But I came home one day, and my wife was radically saved. They were so saved, I tried to get away from them. Her and my daughters, they were just lit up and illuminated. And they seemed satisfied. (laughs) And one day, I I just decided that I did not want to be around these Christians. I I wasn't satisfied, but I didn't want their kind of satisfaction. All lit up and smiley, amen? And happy. I'm like, why are y'all so happy? And they were just lit up. And I would keep me a little drink out in the backyard so I could just get a drink and meditate and stay away from the Christians. And I went out in that backyard one day to get me a little nip. And I looked at my dog Andy and I went, you too? He, did he not say, I'll save your whole house? <laughs> Amen. And so everybody was lit up except me. And I came out of the yard that day and the devil said, man, what happened? I said, I don't know. You tell me what happened. And my wife was praying for me that I would get satisfied. And she went in there and she found some satisfying oil to anoint the house. She anointed the house. She put oil on everything. I bet some of my sandwiches had anointed oil on it. (laughs) And I woke up one day and I went, wow, I feel satisfied. I went to an altar one night and got satisfied, Amen. And I'm still satisfied today. And so if someone would come to the keyboard for the next few moments, i got a couple of two other things I want to share with you and then I'm gonna pray with some people. And that was a woman who went to a well who had had five husbands. And she, how many of you know if you've had five husbands, you're not satisfied? And she goes to a well and Jesus said, woman, if you knew who it was that was asking you for a drink, you would never thirst again. You will never be unsatisfied again. And the woman said, woo, give me that drink of water. And Jesus said, settle down, lady. <laughs> she said, go call your husband. She said, I don't have one. He said, that's right, you've had five and the man you shacking up with is not your man. See, Jesus got something to work with now. Cause he, he told her the truth. Women, don't you want a man like that that'll tell you the truth? When Jesus satisfied this woman, this woman was known in the town as a hoochie. Help me, somebody. She runs in the town and she said, Woo, come see a man that told me everything about myself. And can you imagine those other women looking at her like, Girl, if he saved you, I'm fix to go see. If he saved you, I know he can save me. And she said, Well, come on. And she's now a satisfied woman. How about the woman with the issue of blood had had it for 12 long years? How many of them know you got to be unsatisfied as you've been bleeding for 12 young years? And this woman said, today I am going to find Jesus. I ain't giving a doctor another dollar. I'm not going back to the hospital one more time. And the Bible says she got out of her house and as she was walking, she said, if I can just touch but the hem of his garment, I'll be made satisfied and she touched but the hem of his garment. And Jesus said, who touched me? How many of us today that Jesus has said that to you? Who touched me? How many of us have that on our resume? You wanna be satisfied, but you're never gonna be satisfied until you touch him. You can stay and wallow in your misery, and you can text each other and Instagram each other and face each other. But God is saying today, you don't need a connection with each other. You need to connect with me. That's what he's saying. And then we'll be we'll become satisfied in our lives again. And Jesus said, woman, today you have been made every which way whole. Every which way. And now she's satisfied. How about the tax collector who's unsatisfied? He positions himself in a tree. He ain't happy. And Jesus passes by and he says, Zach, come down out of that tree. I'm going to your house tonight, and when I leave, you will be satisfied. There is no satisfaction until you come to Jesus. It's that simple. You say, what? Well, it, it sounds simple. It's just that simple the woman with the issue of blood she said today is my day stand up with me all over the building put your notebooks down and i want to pray over you today because if you're not satisfied in an area please stretch your hands toward heaven if you're not satisfied i see hands going up all over this building maybe you're sick in your body and you're not satisfied Maybe your bank account is not where it's supposed to be. Many of us are not satisfied in that area. Maybe you need Jesus Christ to touch your ailing body today and you're not satisfied. If that's you today, just stretch your hands toward heaven right now. And I wanna pray with you, Father, we are the children of the Most High God. You said that we were the head and not the tail. You said that we would be blessed coming and going. Father, you said, Lord God, that you would never leave us or forsake us. You said that you would stick closer to us than a brother. You said, greater are you that are in us than any disease that's in our body. You said that by your stripes we are healed today, Lord God. You said, Lord God, all ye that labor and are weary and burdened, come unto me and I will give you rest. And God is still on the throne. You cannot just sing that song, I Believe in Miracles. you got to walk it out. It is no time to quote scripture. It's time for us to live the scripture right now. All of us can quote it, but how many of us are living it right now? Drop your hands down beside you real quick. If you're here today and you're saying, preacher, I need Jesus in my heart. I've walked away and since that day I've never been satisfied. If that's you, stretch your hand right now. You said, man, I need Jesus. Thank you, right here on the front row. Is there anybody else? You said, man, I walked away from Jesus. I'm coming back today. I'm coming back to the pool of satisfaction. If that's you today, I want you to come real quick and stand in front of Pastor Jesse right here. If you raise your hand, come right here. Today is your day. He's coming back to satisfaction. Anybody else? Come on. Come on, today is my day. I'm coming back to that place of satisfaction and I and I love it when men come to the altar and I want to say to you right now you're never ever going to be satisfied watching video after video after video after video after video you are never going to be satisfied doing that can somebody say man? come and stand right here and I want to thank you all as Pastor Mark gets ready to come up just stretch your hands toward heaven and repeat after me Dear Lord Jesus, today is my day. I'm coming back to the altar. I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins and all of my misdoings. Today, I receive you into my heart as my Lord and my Savior. Today, I'm saved. End of the story. It's a new day. I'm on a journey to recapture my satisfaction in this life, in Jesus' name.